What's up, sports fans? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Nerds Who Live podcast. As always, I'm your host, Nicholas Anderson, and thank you once more for joining us. Today, we have an OG in the sport of powerlifting. The one, the only, Brandon Franklin, a.k.a. Mr. Frank Daddy on the Instas. To be specific, Frank Daddy 69. Sorry, Frank Daddy 29. If you know him, you would just assume 69. But Frank Daddy 29 on the Instas, Brandon Franklin. If you follow the podcasting powerlifting circuit, Mr. Franklin was also on one of our favorite shows, Two White Lights, and did a fantastic interview. So if you have not checked that out, please go do that and get some more uh, on his backstory and how he came up. And we're going to kind of build on that, expand on it, hit on some other things. I'm very excited to have him. Mr. Franklin has been in the sport of powerlifting for a good while now. So he's seen its evolution pre-Instagram and obviously into the current. He also is one of the main uh, faces and sales for Pioneer Fit, which is, of course, everybody's favorite leather-making belt company and all their goods. So that's also really awesome. That's how I first met him when he was running uh, with the owner of Pioneer Fit, Matt, at the uh, Kern last year in 2018. He was running the booth there, and I got to meet him, and uh, it was it was a fun time. So, really excited to have him on the show. But before we go any further, of course, as always, I want to give a shout-out to our amazing sponsors. Viking Performance Chalk, the best dusty stuff for lifting heavy shit. Good friends of mine, if you haven't picked up their chalk, uh, just know that they actually sponsored... Uh, the tribute meet, which just went on, so all the chalk of the tribute was Viking. Uh, shout out to Calvert Illustrations, the Johnny Horror Show. Thank you guys always for your support. I also want to take the time to give a shout out to my buddy uh, TJ, and TJ is part of the Ritual family, the Ritual family, if you guys know, and he has a couple shirts that he has that he's going to be selling, which are really fun. They are RP Emo. And if you're an old punk emo kid like us, then you will highly appreciate. So if you go to rpemo.bigcartel.com, they have a couple awesome designs that I already pre-ordered for myself, and you should check it out also. So um, you don't have to come, you know, check out the designs. They're really funny. I'm all about it, and I told them not to push it on the show, and that's what I'm doing. So give TJ some love. Go check out rpemo. Dot bigcartel.com get those shorts those sorry the shirts um they're gonna be on pre-order so go ahead and pre-order both designs because they're both awesome and uh they think it's funny that it's dumb i think it's awesome so i really like them to uh to sell that so go ahead and go and check those things out all right so moving on again thank you for tuning in now let's get mr brandon franklin in line mr frank daddy himself Hey, what's up, brother? It's Nicholas. Hey, man, what's up? Hey, my man. <laughs> How you holding up out there? This traffic sucks. I'm pretty sure we're stuck behind a huge rig coming out of uh, St. Louis. 
Oh, yeah. Oh, fuck. Oh, yeah. Me and, uh, me and my girl Katie just went to, to do some uh, stuff at St. Louis today. Just uh, went to Six Flags and uh, to the Arch and stuff like that. Oh, nice. Was it? How was it? Oh, it was good. We had a good time. It was a little bit hot, but, you know, it's August. Yeah, it's August in the <laughs> South, so... <laughs> It makes sense, but well, man, I appreciate you taking time to you know. I re- and um, I actually was just uh, listening to your interview with Angelo, so you know, shout out to Angelo Two White Lights. That was really fun. Um, what did you think of it? Oh, I thought it was great. I, I always enjoy Angelo, and I actually I when he. When he when he put up that you were gonna be on, I messaged him. I was like, "Motherfucker, I just I just booked him <laughs> for Thursday. Get out of my head." It honestly wasn't. It was re- it was just really funny. Like uh, he did it, and then I obviously did. I I mean, we're our friends, and he's been on my show too. Um, but but I it was just that was just a kind of the coincidence. And then and then I also had asked Joe Sullivan a few weeks ago, and then apparently Angelo had already had him too. And so I was like, God damn it! <laughs> so. Yeah, so he's he's just he's one step ahead, which is fine. I I love them, and I'll 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 pump his show up all day, and because uh, you know you got to support your friends, and if you don't, then you're a garbage person. <laughs> so it really it really is. I I, I think yeah. I I, mean, I was actually talking to a buddy of mine um, who uh, he works with the ritual ritual folk. His name's TJ, and we were talking about how you see all these people, not just in like the sport, but just in general, like you see somebody, they start something and they're your friend or you start something and it's like, and like no one helps, helps you No, like none of your friends like show up, you make a t-shirt and it's like 20 bucks and nobody, and nobody. Yeah. It's like, it's like, I, I thought we, it's like if all my friends fucking supported me just once, like, I, you know, like uh, things would be rolling, but Yeah, I saw I saw you post about that, and I agreed with you. And actually, that's kind of probably what put it in my head. It was that it's like this is for you and others like you. Like yeah. you're you're quick to put money down on some bullshit company that doesn't even know your name, but yeah, but you're but you know someone who you you know lift with or you know ask for help like and then you're like eh eh I don't know but, um, do, you, do you have like a topic or you want to cover you got, you got questions kind of lined up I, 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 I do I do actually so okay. yeah I do so um, obviously with you know um, I know you did you know you just did Angelo's um, and you talked a little bit but I this show was kind of for the beginner a little bit and maybe the intermediate person um, getting into the sport and just lifting in general. Um, I know you have a background in bodybuilding, but you came up kind of in Texas. So I kind of wanted to ask you how West Virginia, West Virginia. West Virginia. I'm sorry. You live in Texas now, right? 
not yet. In the future possible. Got it. So West Virginia and, um, but you started young. So kind of like how you started and what it was like then when you got into it. Um, kinda, and what, yeah. And what, and what the, what the culture was like and like the type of programming you ran, you ran back then. Yeah, absolutely. That'd be great. So yeah, by, by all means, um, yeah, go, go, go ahead. Oh, oh, sorry. Oh, is that like first question? Yes, sir. <laughs> sorry. Okay. Yeah. Yep. All right. Basically, it started at age 19 after uh, losing a lot of weight. Started at a gym and just wanted to look better. And, uh, you know, get strong. I wanted to be strong, obviously. It was like a, an alpha feeling, you know, to lose the most weight. So, but uh, the goal was always to look a little bit better. And uh, so the training, I was taught by a guy in there. His name was Rusty. And he taught me to, you know, go hard all the time and lift heavy. A lot, lot of sets to failure because he was an ex-power lifter and he just wanted to look good at that point too Now, since he was basically retired from competing. So he taught me how to go hard all the time um, and things like that. So, I, you know, I, I, I bounced around. I did a lot of uh, training like at higher reps, but I'd always focus on going heavy as possible. Obviously watching like YouTube videos with like Ronnie Coleman and shit like that. There was a lot of good inspiration, motivational videos at that point. But, I, but, you know, they had good music at the time. You know, YouTube didn't have all the rules and regulations like it does now. So you could about make anything and put it on there. And it was awesome. So I went with a lot of styles, like how bodybuilders like Ronnie Coleman train, stuff like that. But then after a while, I went and trained at my high school gym and got put on a powerlifting style routine, which taught me a lot of things about periodization. And that was pretty cool. Uh, even though, you know, I did my accessories and he taught me to train hard with that, like bodybuilding style, I wanted to get like a win-win situation with my powerlifting getting stronger and then also looking better. So I did, a, uh, so I learned about periodization early on with strength training. And then I kind of got into it myself, uh, bounced around. Um, I like Shaco. Uh, well, uh, I like those Russian routines a lot. Um, I tried to swallow a few times, and that, that was horrible, but it was fun. I like torture myself. <laughs> I feel like that's horrible. I got hurt so many times, but it's like, I don't know. It's like I kept coming back to it. It, the, those Russians are kind of fucked up. Like, all their shit works, but you pay the price. Yeah, uh, always the stupid thing I didn't do with the Bulgarian system where I squat, back and squatted every day. And I was so tempted just because squats were my favorite. But I always, I got hurt easily all the time. And ultimately, that's how I'm in where I am now. I got hurt squatting, I believe. So, huh. it's like they improved. They always improved. But. I just had to keep getting hurt to keep making results, obviously, which I with anybody, but it was kind of like extra for me on the squat. Yeah, that makes sense. I feel like squats are the one that'll, you know, will get you if you're not careful. It's the most, I mean, it, it's the most dangerous of the lifts, really. So, um, when you were, when did you start competing? Yeah, um, I did a powerlifting competition with a guy of a strength and conditioning coach uh, that trained the football players. He took the team to compete uh, in an organization called NASA, which is uh, kind of dying off now for the most part, but it was 
into that, and then uh, I got into a bodybuilding competition shortly after that. And uh, of, since you've done both, which ones would you say you know where you where really got you the most? Did you enjoy the bodybuilding competitions, or obviously you know the powerlifting? Yeah, so I always uh, got better at bodybuilding, but I sucked at it as far as like winning. So yeah, I hated losing. I always got better, so um, you know I, I accomplished like personal goals. But uh, anytime I would do a powerlifting meet just for fun, I would win, even in um, competition or best figures. Uh, mostly local meets, but still, you know, like the strength would come natural to me. I would just train and I'd get stronger. Um, so, like, you know, I was told that I had potential, but uh, I didn't really see it. I just wanted to be the best bodybuilder I could be. Uh, probably wasted a lot of time doing that. Hindsight, you know, I've become a pretty decent powerlifter overall before I got injured. So, I wish I had started a little bit sooner uh, with that conversion. So, when, when did that conversion start? Like, once you really made that kind of a priority? You had mentioned you had briefly mentioned that on you know on Angela's show too, and that was a pretty good amount of time. You said that was when you were about twenty six at the time, right? Yeah, I was about twenty seven, so uh, about about seven years that um, I didn't use anything. Yeah, and I think that's a pretty important. It's a very actually a very similar story with me. Um, I, I started really seriously powerlifting about a year and a half ago. I've always lifted. Um, but I didn't really understand it as a sport, but I learned about it as a sport and then I fell in love with it. And, um, so I've been lifting since I was 21, I'm 29 now, but I really took it seriously. And, um, I did my first meet last September and then, uh, which was, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I, I fell in love with the sport. Um, and then I decided to really train hard for my second meet because I wanted to, you know, be able to qualify for nationals. Um, USPA, USPA, um, I was still nanny at the time and I'm, and in the test division. And I was like, all right, I know I've been lifting since I was 21. I'm you know, going, pushing 30. I want to see what I can Natties do. For fatties, Natties for <laughs> Dude, I, but no, that's what it was. I was like, well, I'm going to see what I can do, uh, on my potential. And then I'll, and then I'll see how this meet goes after like, you know, a year 
over a year of you know really doing my best and really training hard and getting good programming, trying to get good technique, and, and I, I, I fucking trashed. And so after that, kind of like I was like I hated that. I was like I want to compete. If I'm gonna compete, I want to do well. I'm not here, you know. Like I, I have fun, but it was kind of the same thing. I was like, all right, that's enough. <laughs> I agree, especially since I mean, I mean, I mean, Gary's been around since the fifties and sixties, like, yeah, but and it's it's been a part of sports. Like it's part of sports. If you want to perform at a high level. Um, like, yeah, that's, it's, it's part of it. And I don't think people talk enough about it. And I've even had people, you know, especially since I started this show, you know, they're like, Oh, uh, are you going to talk about gear? Or even some people like, I don't like, we don't want to talk about it because X, Y, and Z. It's like, all right, well, I mean, it's the truth. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. Um, but I, with you, a lot of the top guys, we don't even talk about like, Yeah, and that's what I mean. That's one you know what I've learned. Like I've grown up relatively around it, but I never. Re- I just was just like, okay, it's there, and I didn't. I didn't know much. I was ignorant, and I've I've learned more. But it's I, I know most of the you know like guys I've talked to like it's they don't they don't actually run that much. Like you still train. Like it does it help you recover? Sure. Like that's the point, but that doesn't that doesn't replace the hours in the gym. It doesn't replace good programming or good technique. Um, and and, it, and it's also not a quick fix. I I had a buddy uh, ask me like, hey, I'm thinking about going on, but I know for a fact he doesn't even have like a year. He doesn't even have a year of really solid lifting. And I was like, dude, you you, you need more time, and you're not even competing. Like you don't. Like, that's not going to help you. You know and. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's true. Um, so I mean, and I think especially for like new for newbies, and it's like, yeah, you want to get big, you want to look good, you want to get strong, um, but that that may not be the answer right away for you. You know, it's like you spend time and ask people who know and get and learn, and then you can make a hopefully an educated decision. Yeah. Hope hopefully. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, I don't have much hope for you, yeah yeah it's true it's true but i mean we we just try to do our best i suppose one person at a time um but you know going up but moving on but i wanted to cover more on you so you did you you converted and you started powerlifting what was what was when you when you're training like a training programming and such when do you think you really hit a stride like once you start focusing on powerlifting what were some you know either programming or technique wise where you felt like you hit a stride and you're a lot and it started clicking um for you know for you in term in that technique and programming realm. I was not like 
and how to do everything properly. So when I, when I made this conversion, like I was, everything's clicking pretty fast because I mean, it already kind of clicked naturally before. I just didn't want to do it because I was so focused on bodybuilding. So when I made this switch, it was like, bam, um, I'd have a hundred pounds on my total every year. Uh, relatively easily. Um, obviously, the biggest, the biggest problem is just really staying injury and, you know, not having nagging injuries. And that, that was my main focus. Uh, I was always able to get strong natural as uh, soon as I made the conversion because I started supplementing uh, with testosterone and all anadrol right, right out the gate of the low dose. And, um, and the strike, obviously, the gains were there. I had a pretty decent response. Uh, I, and like I said, I was coming off the bodybuilding show, so the rebound was fucking epic in comparison to some people. Um, not necessarily the response, but just really getting back into eating a fucking ton of food and starting training heavy. And then I'm adding this supplementation that I've never used before. So the response was great. So the stride hit pretty quick with that. And then I did my first competition as an enhanced athlete probably eight months into this period of time post bodybuilding competition and um, it went exceptionally well um, I had nine people in my weight class and I won that as the best picture which was fucking awesome I was excited about that because I felt like you know every other competition that's been a lot smaller maybe like two or three in my class Oh yeah, that's a good feeling, especially coming off of, you know, like you said, the bodybuilding shows where you weren't winning and then, you know, you start focusing and then you get some W's under your belt and you're like, fuck yeah, <laughs> I like this. Yeah. Um, what, what did you total at that meet with the nine guys? Okay, so uh, total 1,700 even. Oh, nice. Good um, my best total before that, which was right before uh, a bodybuilding show that I mentioned earlier, and I totaled 1421, I believe. Um, so I went from a 1421 total within a year to a 1700 pound total. I uh, moved up weight classes, but at the same time, you know. Yeah, uh, still, that's. that's yeah. That's still huge. So you, and so you went up a weight class, you were 198 for that 1700? Um, Okay. Yeah, but still, but still, fourteen yeah. to seventeen in a year, you know, like that's that's awesome. But that's uh, yeah, and like you said, probably that rebound of being able to eat and not have to like be in a deficit, and then on top of like the test and the draw, like yeah, that'll. I mean, but you well, still have to put that work in. At that point, I'd actually add up like Okay, nice. And then you still mix the two?
Yeah, like you said, if you're not competing just yet and you're just, you know, cruising, it makes sense. But you do look like you're starting to come back. Like, I mean, I've seen you started posting your training and it's, I mean, you look, you look good, man. Like, it, it looks solid. Yeah, uh, it's difficult for me because, you know, uh, people are telling me, like, I'm missing pretty well. Things like that, but it's hard whenever, like, some of the stuff I did now is, like, 85% of my max, and that's, like, like, a lot harder. And it's, like, 95% of my max now, or even more. So, it's, uh, it's definitely, it definitely don't feel like I'm doing well and coming back. Yeah, I mean, and I think this thing is like when you go through a major injury, because, and you know, actually, I, I'll have to ask because I actually don't know exactly what you're in. Like, I knew you hurt, I think, your back, but I don't really know, like, what happened to it. So, what was, like, that major injury exactly? Yeah, that missing feeling. I've, um, yeah, I've had, I've, I've snapped my elbow in half, which is not a spine injury, but you know, I had surgery and I had to recover from that. So, recovering from any type of surgery or that kind of like major skeletal damage, it takes a while for that trauma really to heal. And on top of that, your body like still thinks it's in trauma. Basically, like until you go through like kind of go through those like emergency breaks like your your body going like oh shit and then it realizes like oh no we're better now it's it's a process
I said, hi, hi, Katie. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> I get two. I get a two for one. This is great. Cool. Shots fired. Shots, shots fired. Well, really, he needs to clean it up. He has his all long and shit. Um, I don't know if he's listening. <laughs> What do you have? And you know, if he if he can get himself like a nice high like nice high and tight fade, and you do a nice like Johnny Cash comb over, then maybe you can step up to the plate. But until then, a little bit. He looks like he. I mean, I mean, I'm a WAP too, so I can say it. He looks like a like a like a like a WAP Thor, like a. <laughs> <laughs> hey man. There you go. Hey, I, I, to 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 quote a poet of our time, Mr. Vin Diesel. Whether you win by an inch or a mile, winning is winning. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, and uh, that's also true. I had I had uh, Mr. Rob Hall on a couple episodes ago, and it was awesome. I love I, uh, I love Rob, and he that was that was his his like takeaway for the episode was it was like build your fucking total. Don't worry about your goddamn Wilkes. Don't try to cut weight. Like get stronger, and then only when it, like that shit is relevant because you're lifting at a high level and you need to cut for like a you know for a record or weight class or whatever. But until then, he's like build a bigger fucking total. Dude, why, why is everyone trying to beef with your hair? I don't want to like. I mean, it's 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 true. I mean, I mean, I will say Rob Hall's beard when he grows that that beard out, that thing looks like a fucking like Egyptian. And it looks like an Egyptian statue when it's like really long. No, no, we're talking about hair. It's true. We're talking about hair. Um, yeah. It's true. Uh, everybody, everybody knows it. Um, I mean, hey, I, I mean, I, I, you gotta tell Matt. I mean, I think it was one of the reasons the sale goes up because you know, <laughs> Frank Daddy puts it out there. Did, did, probably didn't you get like 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 lead sales for Pioneer like past year a couple of years? Initially, you know, I didn't get really nothing out of it. It's just because I believed in him, uh, his 
thing. Ain't no one gonna outwork me with the company that I believe in. Uh, you know, I'm never. Gonna, I don't give a fuck if anyone offers me more money. I would not leave Pioneer for that at all. I mean, there's nothing that anyone can do to take away like a friendship and like what he's done for me as far as anything goes like that. So I mean, and every fucking everyone else would leave just for a pair of free fucking knee sleeves. So fuck you guys. Yeah. For being like that. Pick one, pick one motherfucking company. Make friends with somebody. Believe in them. That's how you get to where I'm at. And, you know, because I'm, I'm with a pretty decent lifter. But I'm a hard fucking worker with what I believe in. You know, I think that's what it comes down to, man. Like, that's, it's, uh, I, I, told, I, I firmly believe that how you do something is more important than the results. You know, and it's like, it's like anybody you've, you've seen, you know, get a lift, like whether if they put their all into it, whether they miss it or they get it, you root for them. If they miss it, but they gave their all, they just gave their all and they pass out, then, then you, then that's awesome. Like you, you gave your all, you tried and you'll get it next time. If you get it and you gave your all, it's amazing, but it's the how It's like, if you get it, but you didn't give your all, it's like, cool, you got it. But like, maybe you sandbag. You know, or if, if you gave up too soon, it's like, hey, you, you should have tried a little, like, you should have tried a little longer. Like, yeah. it's always uh, yeah, the I'll how. Uh, I'll look at people who grab to a lift if I'm competing with them all, if I'm cheering them on. But I can't tell you how happy I've been to see some of them men that they win. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's true. <laughs> it is true. Yeah, I'm, like, oh, I'm glad they didn't get hurt. Oh, yeah, I got my lift. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, competitively speaking, yeah, of course. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, like, like on my on my last meet, on my my third my third pull, I uh, I passed out. I passed out and I fell forward into the front judge. <laughs> yeah, see, like I like I didn't get it. Um, but, but I was the only one who passed out at the meet and I, I like, I, I kept pulling, I kept pulling and kept pulling. And then I was holding my brace and I didn't want to stop. Like, I was like, I'm going to die trying. And I passed out and fell forward. <laughs> oh, did you really pass out? Uh, yeah, I went, I went black. I went, I, I went black and I fell forward. And then I woke up like in the, in the ref's like chest. I was fucking with somebody in the tribute and I made the joke. I guess I mean I I I went black. I mean it was pretty quick. Like I can't I came I, I I blacked. I went forward and then and then like I, I can't like I came to like with the head judges like uh, I'll send you I'll send you the video like you can watch it happen. <laughs> I fall forward and I'm like black and then I come to you know, like pretty close and he like grabs me and I put my arm up. It's pretty it's pretty funny. <laughs> I, I, that, that, that's that's okay. I I was there. <laughs> and, 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 I I I know in my I know in my heart what happened. I, I pulled my heart out on that one. Um, I wish I still wish I got it. <laughs> Going back to uh, on your list, though, so what was the last meet that you did? The last meet that I did. Yeah. I did the uh, 
beat for mine. It was a sponsor. It was a bench only beat. It was uh, shortly after I got injured. Um, but he, he was sponsoring the competition. I went down to the world and he blew me down. Uh, but it, uh, well, nothing really came of it. I just went down to show buddies and represent the brand as an athlete because he wanted to talk to me support us there. So, uh, as far as like a major competition, I did a uh, beat in uh, Memphis, Tennessee with T. Cummins and uh, Pete Rubin was supposed to be there, but he had an injury. Which he, he did show up, but he, uh, he didn't compete. And uh, we had Nick Ramey there uh, and a couple other people. And uh, that was probably like my last decent competition, but my injuries in my hip started arising at that point. So I didn't really uh, make subpar numbers for myself. Yeah, I mean, yeah, of course. You're, if you're hurt, you can only do so much, but still. But now that it's starting to come back, right, I mean, do you think, I mean, I have a feeling you're going to want to hit the platform again at some point. I said, I have a feeling you're going to want to hit the platform again at some point now that you're starting to come back. Yeah, I think, um, but, you know, I, I kind of have a fear at this point of like being so far than what I used to be, and it kind of makes me nervous. Um, like an expectation for myself and what I assume people will expect of me as well. And I, you know, it's probably more so in my head. I think Katie was talking to me about it the other day that I just need to start over, like do like treat this like a first competition again and just get a total and then build up from that. Oh yeah. I would a hundred percent agree. And with that, I mean, I can't blame you. I would say, I would say anybody, at least for myself, I would feel that way. Like after if I had an injury like that and then coming back, like, yeah, but really, I mean, I think we'd all just be happy to see you on, like on the platform again, especially knowing the road you took, you know, to get it back and like to recover from all that. Like, you know, everyone would just be happy to see you on the platform again, you know. And then what, whatever you do, yeah, you'll build up from. That's you know, it's part of it, I think. So I, I, I vote with her. I agree with her. I, I, I'd like to see you on the platform again. That'd be rad. Yeah, I agree with it. It's just uh, self-esteem, I guess. I don't know. Uh, it's hard to like look at what I had capabilities for and what I did actually do that counts. And try to, and you know, doing a lot less uh, after so many years of doing it. So, I, but I, and I agree wholeheartedly about y'all's opinion on that. And, I, and that's probably what I'm going to do. I don't know. I might keep it more private. At the time, but, well, knowing me, I probably won't. But you know, it yeah. won't be something I, I hop up. I'm not gonna like go call anybody out, which I didn't do that anyway. It was, I had like some semi-local competition. I would keep my on. Uh, T. Cummins was one of them who don't really compete as much anymore either. But like, I would always focus on beating certain people, always uh, that were good lifters and. Um, uh, so I, I won't really do that now, which will kind of, I'll have to find somebody that kind of pushes me with that, like I did before, that motivates me. And obviously I push, I need to push myself with what I can do and what I can get back to doing. So Yeah, I was going to say, I think that, that the first person to beat is your is your previous is your previous self before injury. Once you beat his total, then, then you're good. Absolutely. I can, uh, if I can do that, it'd get me closer back into the top of the top rankings again. That'd be pretty bad. Uh, 
I, I think you can, man. Like, I know injuries like that, like, they suck. But, I mean, if you're still walking and you're still lifting, which you obviously are, like, you, you can bring it back. And, you know, the that come up is always more exciting than anything, you know. Oh, yeah. I just want to get back to talking shit again. That's all I care about. Oh, hell, man. You can do that now. <laughs> well, it's kind of hard to do that whenever uh, everyone's stronger at the moment. <laughs> at the moment. That's the key word, at the moment. Yeah, at the moment. At the moment, um, what so what do you think? Because I know, especially since you go to a lot of the meets, and obviously whether yourself or the pioneer, you know, pioneer booth, you get to see the sport, and you've been a part of the sport for a long time. Um, you know, what what about the sport landscape has changed the most? Um, do you think both in good ways and bad ways? Like, what are some of the negative changes and the positive changes? Negative changes is a bad with the wheel score. That kind of annoys me. Uh, it used to not be a thing. Obviously, it's always been a thing for like the best lifter. But I don't know. It's, it, uh, it's just become like too much of a fad. And I'm really enjoying like the WRPF. They're, they're starting to do a the biggest total here in America with uh, CC Holcomb's meet. And uh, I think Boss Bosses is now going to be that this year. I'm not exactly sure, but. I really like that, uh, which I agree. Both of them are good. But I just people put shit on the pedestal too much, and they're like, "Well, this person's the strongest person in the world because they have the highest will score." And I like JP Carroll's quote on that. He was like, "I don't know." He's like, "Like I could power bomb your ass, and what's your, what's your will score gonna fucking do about that?" That's like, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's true. Like, I know Ron Paul made a T-shirt out of it. Your will score my total, and it's like JP Carroll. Powerbombing some guy on fucking ground. So. <laughs> I like that. I, I think they're um, Rob's uh, Rob's me. They're going to do the biggest total too uh, in Austin. Yeah. Well, yeah, I believe it's WRPF as well. It is, yeah, yeah. Which is which is pretty which is cool. Um, yeah, I, and I think we all want to be the strongest, not strongest through you know through a formula. I mean, it's cool that you have it, but. You know, uh, you, you want to yeah, be the strongest. <laughs> and another thing, uh, I like the mainstream. I like people getting to getting into the sport a lot more because one, it's bringing more money meets than ever before. Uh, but it's also bringing like a lot of painty ass motherfuckers into the sport. I don't know. I hate going to meets and everyone's quiet. Um, the music's turned down low. The judges are complaining that you're. You got fucking ammonia beside them. Like, fuck you, dude. Like, fuck you. Like, what sport do you think this is? <laughs> yeah, like, like, go fucking play chess if you don't want to smell my fucking ammonia. But not only that, like, I don't know, like, there's this, like, conception that, like, they're like, we're trying to make it more accessible. I'm like, it's still accessible. Like, I don't, like, yeah. like, have you not, have you never been to, like, a boxing match? You think people are quiet or they're, like, not swearing or, like, there's, you know, like, then these guys are beating the shit out of each other. Like, oh, yeah, getting kicked out of a meet, like, people getting kicked out of a meet for cussing. Like, grow the fuck up. Yeah, like, I just, there's this weird false sense of wholesomeness that they're, like, trying to impart. It's like, that's not going to help it make, like, make the sport better. Like, that's this weird, weird shit. I don't get that. Yeah, I mean, I did a couple of USPA meets right before I got injured, so that's been a, uh, two and a half, three years ago since maybe the last one. And I cussed it in, but like, it's, it's gotten really politically correct. I know they're pretty big on the no cussing. I know you ain't allowed to have ammonia around the platform, um, things like that. And I 
know there's other organizations that do that too, but uh, USBA definitely converted over, and I, and, I'm, and that's one reason. Like, I don't, I don't completely bad not like me being injured, injured because I know I'd be kicked the fuck out of every meet I was done if it was USBA, and I would have probably done a pretty good bit of them at this point, especially with Pioneer being so associated with USBA and them USBA being their biggest. Uh, like yeah. as well. Yeah, I think they I think they've got a I've only done USPA meets and and at least the guy the director is that the meets I've done it was it, it was like you can swear like they don't say don't swear they say don't swear like directly on the platform like at the audience and you can do and, and you can snap um just just like how, like you can just, just you know don't be like again look like just turn away like they don't they don't care if they see you do it just don't be directly looking at them and that that's all like they asked so, like just like just like turn to the side at least the directors in my meet so like turn to the side do it and then swear once you walk off the platform and it's like okay cool whatever that's all right but i like to scream at small children in the front row so <laughs> I will eat you after this squad. Just yeah, scare the shit yeah, out of them. Exactly. You know, it's good. It, it instills the fear of God in them. So really, it's a service. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I know you have a. I know you have a son. Has your? Uh, did your son ever get to see you do a meet? Or I know he's kind of young. Yeah. Uh, so I did a competition the first time. Uh, yeah. I'll throw it out back. Uh, first time I actually got to compete with Pete Rubish, which was an honor for me, one of my favorite lifters. But yeah, we, we brought him to West Virginia, and my son was probably two months old, and uh, that was the first time I actually won a uh, cash prize as well at a competition. So that was a pretty cool moment. And he was extremely good. Uh, so, yeah. It was, it was pretty, well, he's been to a couple others, but mostly just runs around and plays. Yeah, as kids do. But that's cool, nonetheless. So, I think, oh, you know. He don't like when I get loud and start headbutting the bar. He, <laughs> think like I'm getting, he thinks I'm getting hurt. Yeah. Uh, of course. of course. Well, he's like, how old is he now? Uh, he's four years old now. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. For some reason, I thought he was like maybe six or seven, but that's cool. nice. Uh, he's, he's a big four-year-old. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he, he just started football, but he teaching how to... Yeah, good boy. Can't play. That's 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 awesome. Um, so what what would you like to see maybe done in the sport? You know, both whether it be meets or the athletes, like you know, that could maybe like you said, it's nice that it's getting mainstream, but if there is some PCness and maybe just the way things are run. You know, what would and just by your view now, like that would that you think is obvious, like that would help the sport as a whole. Um, as a whole, that, that, that one's kind of difficult, um, unless there's some kind of revenue coming in, unless there's like a lot of revenue coming in for like, there's kind of like, you know, you got football players, everybody on the team's making a profit. Um, I think that, that would be great, but it, it's kind of difficult to change things as a whole, so... I don't know. It's like, I would like to see like things at a top level because, you know, obviously people want to see top lifters. Um, and I, obviously I'm probably a little bit biased because I have, I have been a top lifter before. But, cool. um, but I, I would like to see athletes, um, their, their, uh, their trips 
paid for the hotel uh, for these big invite meets. I would love to see like their flights and everything being covered for them. Yeah. I think that would be amazing. Um, and, I, and, you know, because even if they don't win, because uh, we're not like other teams and stuff, you don't get money for losing. But not really. I mean, second and third of these money meets you might, but, um, but still, you're if you get fourth and fifth, you might have just paid a couple thousand to get out get out there. It would be nice to see the flight and everything being taken care of so they can yeah. compete more or something like that. Oh definitely. Well I, I think I think the you know, the Pioneer Tribute is kind of the answer, the way that, you know, the idea that, you know, you have these companies that are putting in to give back to lifters. Um you know, if there's a way where like the entry fees could also maybe go go back into that or back into that pot, um, you know, it's kind of like what we said earlier, like earlier in the episode. Like, if all your friends, if you started a business, like actually like supported and actually showed up for you, you could do a lot of great things. I think like that example, it, like that like that example, you know, could potentially do that. Like actually have people just actually putting into the sport and then use that for, you know, the people who are going to be in it. Yeah, absolutely. And I like that. Uh, it's just really, I don't see um, that happening unless just athletes have sponsors. Uh, and, I, and I believe a lot of them do. Most of it's clothing and things like that. But um, I think it would have to come through the sponsorships, uh, unfortunately. And I don't see that happening for a long time. Yeah. Uh, well, well, hopefully. I mean, I know like one of my goals is with um like with this show is I I, I would li- I'd like to to be able to like give to the tribute by ne- like next yeah. year. Like that's one of my like business goals like with with this. I like to like like you know contribute like have a have a booth and like give give back to the sport kind of a thing. Like, that's something I'm aiming for. So uh, I hope more people do it. Cause I think there's an, I think the, the sport is growing and I think that's like the main example. It's like, we're, we're waiting for someone else to do it for us. Some other company, it's not going to happen, but you know, if more people actually like and reinvest into the sport they love then you can do something. Absolutely. So, um, you know, but I, I have to ask because you your uh, your chokers have become quite famous. I wanted to ask how you came up with those. Yeah, so uh, every, I feel like everything should have like a meaning. It's almost, almost kind of like a tattoo or a good tattoo. A good tattoo, um, yeah, good tattoo. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So uh, you know, Matt, Matt from Pioneer allowed me the opportunity to design my own uh, designer rat. Basically, it's. Um, from scratch, every, everything I wanted, uh, from tightness to how much it stretched, and um, down to the color, logo, and everything. So, essentially, uh, we was actually at the tribute meet the first year, a year ago, and we come up with the logo design there, which was a Texas rattlesnake and a peach. Represent, uh, representing uh, him was the Texas rattlesnake. And me, obviously, the peach for, you know. Eat ass, game mass, obviously. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, um, so we, we made that logo. If anyone sees it, then there's a snake choking a peach. So, so there's meaning in the logo. And then the name Chokers. I mean, uh, what bitch don't like being choked out during sex? So, obviously, <laughs> it's, you know. It's, it's the gospel truth, sir. It's true. Yeah. 100%. And so, and so to stay on the topic of the 
longer word itself. But uh, for the wrist, the wrist strap, there's a wrist loop, which in turn makes it a like a multi-purpose wrap, which takes away the thumb loop, and it can be used as, as an actual choker mm -hmm. if you really want to. So, I, I like how you're thinking about the people, sir. Yeah, you I'm thought about the people. people. I'm thinking about the female. Because, uh, you know, yep. women are beautiful creatures. You know, they you know, very amazing qualities. I mean, I, I, I like to tie up those I love. You know, so yeah. I respect Women that. Are so. It's true. Um, so, from, then, yeah, go ahead. Oh, and then down to like the color. Um, you know, the, we went with the eggplant, which represent um, the, the dick. The dick, of course. The purple dick. Yeah. Obviously. So, and it kind of worked out. It kind of worked out because actually, my purple uh, is actually my favorite color. It's my birthstone as well. So, um, it was like a win-win all around on that. Yeah. And, I mean, they look badass, too. Like, honestly, the well, yeah, purple yeah, and black yeah. looks great. Yeah. Um, and I, I haven't got to be wrapped in them yet, but my, I have one of one of my buddies at the gym does have them. And uh, and I got I got to play with them a little bit. And I was the it, – it, it, they really feel like they can stop, but yet they still stretch really well. What was, like – you know, like how long did it take you to find like that right fabric? You know, fabric, um, you know, balance. So uh, yeah, basically, uh, you know, I, I've used a lot of wraps before, and uh, over the years, um, starting with ends or knee wraps when I first started in 2007. So I, I kind of had an idea of what I wanted, um, and uh, and phantoms from Pioneer were my favorite knee wraps at the time, and of uh, all time, actually, by far. And so I wanted something based kind of around that. So how do you, how do I fix a knee wrap that my favorite wrap that I've ever used? And how do I correct that when I really had no problem with the knee wrap in general? And that's what I wanted was something better. So, so what I did, I took, technically I took the Phantom knee wraps from Pioneer and I made a baby with the Lily Bridge wraps from Pioneer. So basically, they fucked and made a baby, and you come out with the choker. So you got the stretch of the Lily Bridge wraps with the stiffness, maybe a little bit more stiffness than the Phantoms, in a combination. Yeah, and I, yeah, that, that sounds that sounds about right. And I think that's it. The uh, you know the kind of that just kind of you hit the perfect balance. How long did it it take to? I guess, kind of, you know, be satisfied. We're like, okay, these are ready to okay. go. Uh, it took us 10 months from start to finish for us to get the finished wrap in and start production. All right. Yeah, that's, 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 a, that's, a, that's a good, that's almost, yeah, that's, it was, yeah. It's a good time. It was hectic. It was kind of a really slow process. But it, it was worth them. They come out pretty fucking awesome, in my opinion. And they, uh, a lot of people seem to like them. I've had a lot of top lifters use them. Had a couple world records. Yeah, I think uh, I think they. Yeah, they. That's why I said they become famous. Like I think, um, you know, and, and maybe to kind of the call, kind of a callback of like what you know what can be put more into the sport. Like maybe you know, more lifters can do, I guess, their own signature style of gear, um, you know, that, you know, maybe obviously they have to develop and 10 months is a long time to really get something. But I feel like you put that work in and it's, 
Like, yeah, they become quite famous, and everybody likes them. I haven't heard cool. one negative thing about them, like at all. Yeah, I mean, I have a distributor in the uh, United Kingdom. I have uh, one in uh, Australia. So it's nine for nine in the United Kingdom. So anyone on that side of the pond can order and save on shipping and loaded lifting now in Australia. Uh, they just now started stocking them, which uh, Australia is fucking outrageous on the shipping problem. Oh, wow. What? Huh. Well, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure they'll sell there. I feel like the Australian lifting community is also growing, so I bet you they'll those will pick up. Well, you know, absolutely. It's how I, it's actually how I grabbed the wholesale uh, buyer from there uh, because those were actually pretty fucking good uh, in Australia. Uh, but people were and people were paying like thirty to sixty five dollars to ship these uh, for the shipping cost. <laughs> like literally, like double than the wrap, almost. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Do you have have any plans for maybe like maybe not a choker two, but maybe another any other fun toys? Um. You know, I you know I've debated the knee sleeve thing. I've looked into that. I get a lot of requests for that. Um, that's, um, that's true. Pioneer doesn't really have resources. Yeah, Pioneer's main goal is to get an American-made product. Uh, the only problem with that, we can't find a, a, pro, a material bag out of the competition. And it being American-made at the same time. So, you know, Matt won't go outside that box, which is okay. That's what they've done for 40 years. It's a family business. And, every, and the quality speaks for itself in every bit of your product elsewhere. Yeah, so of course. The goal is to outdo the competition or come pretty fucking close. I mean, we don't want something to under, uh, undermine the belt or go under the belt, the quality of the belt. Uh, of course. We want something that's just as good. Uh, it's just not happening. Now, as far as like me on my own, that's not like, I don't focus on that 100%. Obviously, I, I like that uh, and I believe in it, but it's not always uh, possible. And, you know, you have supply and demand as well. As long as the quality is there, I'm not ripping anybody off, then, then I'm okay with where it's made uh, for the most part. Yeah. That being said, I, because uh, are, are the, the choker, the, the, I'm guessing the chokers, because they're pioneer made, are 100% American, right? Yes, yeah, yeah, 100%. Uh uh, I wonder if you could just use American denim and then the same material as the chokers. You just use denim as the base and then have the choker fabric around that. So essentially, you have a, a knee sleeve denim, like knee wrap, knee sleeve. Um, it's really, yeah. Uh, ultimately, it's really like how like they're put together. The machine does the, 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 the uh, stitching and things like that. It's what costs so much. Um, mm, yeah. But, uh, there's a, there's a lot more to it than like what I know about it. So. Yeah, true. But I mean, either way, I mean, I, I agree. I think it would be cool to you know to see that. Let's see like a choker knee sleeve because absolutely. I mean, who who doesn't? I'm sure you'll figure it out one way or another. I mean, maybe like choker sex toys because like, obviously a lot of people don't get the fact that he's in the wrist. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, obviously. I mean. At this point, man, you're, that is kind of your brand. Your brand is like, lift heavy shit and you should fuck a lot. So, I mean, you might as well just expand into it. 
Okay. <laughs> it'll, it'll sell. I, I believe so. I think people are expecting my mouth. I actually, I, I, so like I did the intro for, for the show and like kind of like introduced you before we called. And I, and I totally said, you know, like, like on your, on, you know, your Instagram is Frank Daddy 69. And I totally realized like, oh no, it's 29. Um, my bad. I just assumed it was 69. <laughs> like it was like a hundred percent assumption. And I just happened to like have my, like the phone and like the message when we were like, when we were texting, I was like, oh shit. And I corrected myself. I was like, and I said it, I said, I, like, I assumed it was 69, honestly. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, you know, hopefully, it, it probably should have been that, but I was kind of, ch- I was changing it earlier on. Every time I would get older, I would change it. So when I turned 29, I wasn't about to change it to 30. Yeah, that's I, don't true. To, uh, I don't want anyone to know I'm getting old as fuck, so well, who knows how old I am. Now. Well, are you, yeah, are you, so you're you're 29? No. No, I'm, uh, 30, I'm 31 actually. Okay, I was gonna say I was like I was like I figured you were a little older than me. Like I'm 29. I thought you were a little older. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that's funny. When um when is your birthday? You said your birth son was purple. Why February 22nd? Okay, I was just oh okay curious. Nice. Um. <laughs> Uh, I did. I did have another question. I, I'm not as good at this as Angelo. I'm still new, so <laughs> I admit. Man, I, I, awesome, I, I honestly, I've been wanting to. I was hoping you'd mention me. You know, I was. Um, I listened to the podcast here and there for sure, and I was like, "Man, I'm nerdy enough to get on this." Yeah, that that actually that actually is one of the questions I was going to ask you. Was like, what it's what? Like, it's like Shermanator from American Pie. Yeah, it really, it is. It really is. Well, like, I mean, uh, I I appreciate you like listening, like, you know, when you, you know, tuned in and you've said you, you listened, um, like I said, you, you are well known in the sport. So I thought that was really cool when you, when you did. So thanks for that. And, uh, and yeah, I, I did want to ask you, like, what are some of the, like the nerdier things, you know, you know, that you like and you are, because I do think it's important to, I think, connect people that maybe, you know, they, maybe they wouldn't think they have something in common with you. You know, it's like, here you are, you have a, you know, you have a hot girlfriend, you have, you know, you lift and you have awesome chokers and you have great hair, you know, what do they have in common with you? And I do think that's kind of was the point of the show was to try to get people into fitness and specifically powerlifting, uh, who may not thought that they would fit in, but then they find out that they do. So that's kind of the goal. Um, but yeah, what are some of the nerdy shit, nerdy shit that you like? You mean you mean you like fucking on the beach? That's really what you mean to say. Uh, I mean, that's kind of that's kind of nerdy. Yeah, I, no, I, I feel like I'm like early on. I felt like I was like I feel like I am now. It's just kind of like it didn't always work before. Like I always felt like I wanted to be like a. I guess I am a hopeless romantic in a way, but I definitely don't 
yeah. as far as dating and things like that go along. So. Uh, it, it's true, man. I mean, I mean, I, I mean, I, I, you know, you, you hate to say it, but I mean, that's why a lot of us all, that's why we start lifting was because when you're skinny, unfortunately girls don't really pay attention to you. It's like, you know, especially when you're, you're younger, you don't have as much money, you know, you're, you're kind of, you're kind of small, therefore you're not as imposing. So it's like, Oh, put on size, put on mass so you can eat ass. Like the equation is relatively simple. <laughs> Oh, you know, in, in the beginner mind, in the beginner mind, like they, that's what you see, like, Oh, I'll get bigger and I'll have better time with girls. You know, yeah, you know, that, that one, that's not always the case with everybody. You know, it's, um, it's true. I, um, I mean, I believe if you're going to do that, you have to work on every aspect of your life. Um, you know, I was, I felt like I was the black sheep in my family. I didn't have a lot of social skills. Um, I like, I had a huge imagination <laughs> growing up. I would always like to play with myself with long toys, and I'd create my own characters in my head and uh, scenarios and just and, and spend all fucking day playing. And um, I, I wasn't that into sports. I liked to draw a lot early on in my life. Um, I was a pretty good drawer. I, I, I grew out of it as I got older. Um, you know, I always wanted to be like... Actually, I was just telling Katie, she was asking me questions because we're still learning about each other a little bit, but she asked me what I wanted to be growing up, and I showed her an archaeologist. I was really into shit like that. Were, were you an Indiana Jones fan? Was that why? Cause, uh, uh, dude. Dude, because same, man. Fucking same. Raiders of the Lost Ark is my shit. Yes, dude. And you know, I actually read those statistics that when those movies came out, uh, there was a huge boom in archaeology, like as far as people getting into it, and they claimed that's why. And all, and you know, it makes sense. So I mean, well, fuck yeah, that's why. Her- Harrison Ford was a goddamn fucking godsend, and those movies were the shit. They still are. Like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like like Last Crusade, Raiders of the Lost Ark, like Temple of Doom is fun. It's not as good as the others, yeah. but like it's fun. Yeah. But like. Like that whole trip, that that whole Indiana Jones is one of the best movies made. I think, like it is. I agree. It, it gave me a very vivid imagination, uh, and I took advantage of that. And I like to do my thing. Uh, yeah, and I, I th- and I, I, I mean, I have a. Uh, my, my parents first took me to Disneyland when I was like eight years old. My mom has a picture. That was the one thing I wanted was I wanted an Indiana Jones hat. And I, I had like a, a denim jacket because I didn't have a leather jacket. I had my denim jacket and I had, she got me Indiana Jones hat. My first time at Disneyland, she has a picture of me like eight years old with that hat next to Mickey Mouse. And uh, like, yeah, and that's, and that honestly, like that's, that's, that's me in a nutshell. Cause I'm just a kid with, <laughs> next to Mickey Mouse with the Indiana Jones hat. Like I'm still that, I'm still that kid. Uh <laughs> Now that's a knife. That's a knife. Yeah, it's a knife. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, I, I love. Croc- well, I think you know, at least growing up, like uh, Crocodile Dundee or even Indiana Jones, like those are the first like cool nerds. Like Indiana Jones was smart as fuck. Yeah, exactly. But he, w- but he still was rugged. So like that was the goal. Like I want to be smart, but I want, yeah, but and I want to be rugged. Nerd. 
Yeah, exactly. It's like I I I devour books and your ass. <laughs> like <laughs> it's it's bull. Like, I don't I don't see why that's not too much to ask. So that's what we all want. This is what we all want to be. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and then and then I and I get to play with whips now. The same. There's some tie, can, you know, ties and constraints. Like it's great. But that's true. It's okay. true. That's great. Yep. Yep. And I'm, little did I know that the playing with whips as a kid, pretending to be Annie Jones, would would serve me later in life. Yeah. You know, I, I just have thought of that. That's great. It it really yeah. is. I, I learned everything I need to know about being a man from Indiana Jones. So thank you, Harrison Ford and Steven Spielberg. Yeah. Thank you. Shout out to Harrison Ford. Yes, because obviously he's. Definitely listening to my show. Um, <laughs> like we, we can't wish. Um, yeah, this is like like he like he lives in he he or he has a plane in Camarillo Airport, which is the next town over from Ventura where I live, and he's like he is there sometimes. My dad has seen him like I can't like there. So I, I know where he gets fucking lunch and breakfast when he flies his plane. So motherfucker, like I, I know where he is. <laughs> Yeah, if you ever come out here, we get we'll just we'll just go there every day until we see him. <laughs> I'll say yeah, I'll say like their food is fucking bomb too. Like first of all, like it's a breakfast joint in an airport, like a small airport. And this pl- plane's taking off, like that shit is awesome. <laughs> um, yeah, we I we we digress though. We digress. Um, so uh, I, I do I do want to I did want to ask like you some uh, kind of like. You know Franklin's tips, lifting tips. Um, I know Angelo had asked you because he, you know, he beats me to everything, which is fine. He's better. It's cool. But I, I did. I'm still gonna ask you because maybe maybe people don't don't know. But uh, I just like one tip for each of the lifts, um, and maybe something that people don't do, or maybe you don't see as much lifters do, but you would like to see them doing that you think would be better for them. Sorry. Uh, what was the question? Uh, I didn't hear it. Oh, sorry, buddy. My bad. Uh, I said, uh, what was uh, one uh, a technique tip for each of the lifts, a squat, bench, and deadlift um, that you would give to a beginner? And then also maybe like one training tip that you would like to see more people doing as a whole. Okay. Um, so, um, you know, I, I, squatting, I, I feel like a lot of people, um, they get under the bar too quickly. They don't, uh, they don't, they don't brace. Uh, okay, so we're talking about walking out and squats. Um, you know, I see like a very strong approach to the bar. They have a lot of intensity. They get under the bar, pick it up, and they step out really quickly. I feel like um, even if you're strong, I see a lot of strong lifters do this. I mean, I feel like you need to get under the bar, obviously embrace, and slow that walkout out. I think so many people collapse under weight and things like that because, and I feel like the walkout uh, a lot of problems as well. Obviously, because we see a lot more people collapse under weight than walking out than that possibly on a lot So I feel like uh, bracing is a big problem uh, in some of those situations or just not even getting lifts in general. Um, getting your feet in the position. So I feel like they're stepping back too quickly. The bar is rolling around. The plates are moving. you got to learn to let the weight settle on your back. Then do each step by step. Obviously, the time under tension that you're under the bar is going to wear you out, but that's what training is. You've got to put me in a fucking pussy at 
attention in training. That way we're at the competition the way heavier, but you're, you're obviously trying to focus on peaking for the competition, so you're wanting to be 5 to 10% stronger on game day, in my opinion. So by that point, you should be well-trained to do whatever, no matter how I many people you get. I've been in situations where I've trained so well, like let's say knee grab, for example, and I've wrapped super early, and a guy re-racked away three pounds, and I've already had my knee grabs, there's still one or two people in front of me. I don't think the fucking knee grab falls. I fucking trained for some shit like that. Yeah, the blood may be cut off, but mentally I'm there. I'm not focused on it. I've possibly done that scenario in training even. Uh, or just same with walking out and things like that. He's got to train for whatever can come about. And there's fucking do it. I mean, there's too many people fucking excuses. That's, you know, I'd like to see that change too. I mean, just train how you want to, how you didn't train for every possible scenario. I mean, like Eric Lillybridge talks about how he try, uh, he did his timer, even if it's like 135 to 225, he said five-minute timer. That's a pretty good, stable time in between each attempt that he does. Because you never know what's going to happen out of me, whether it may be six minutes, 10 minutes, or 15 minutes. You might have to wait, or you may have to wait less time on list. So you want to develop the conditioning in every possible way to be the best that you can be. Absolutely. I agree with that. So, um, on bench, I'm not really that great of a bench. I like, but as far as like, I like how people set up on arches. I hate the hate when people bash someone who's setting up a real nice arch. Sometimes I think maybe it's over, overdone with some lifters, but it works for them. Um, but I like to see maybe more people like trying to bend the bar so they like, they involve their lats a little bit more. I'm not, extremely great at it but uh myself yeah it, it's um, it's hard i struggle with that yeah absolutely and um kind of just engaging the lats in general i think it's something people should prioritize uh, once they get their um the rest of their form down i mean even the orbit's one of the first things you do it's probably uh might be even actually better if someone can uh, help you with that or you can try to figure that out early on yeah Yeah. Um, 
No, I, I, I hear that. I, I do want to I do want to shout out Miss uh, what's his uh, Cody uh, Blazin. He was the one eighty one the one eighty one er who got two K in wraps. He he had a he had a fantastic. Well, his his whole day was great, but his I thought his pulls were really really nice. Yeah, they were beautiful. Yeah, uh, he's, a, he's a fantastic lifter. Don't get the credit he needs. Um, I love John Hack. Great guy. And uh, uh, but you know Cody, I think uh, I think he deserves the credit for getting that first. Uh, oh, I, he's been a he's, he's been a dominating competitor for years. He don't get the credit. He's quiet, uh, but he wins. He wins a lot. Yep. Uh, well, I, I I I for that reason. Uh, reached out to him and and scheduled to interview him next week. Uh, yeah, because I was like, because like everyone, I mean, I've, I I love John Hack too, but I was like, but I was like, Cody weighed in at one seventy eight, one seventy nine, and then he he hits a two k total in wraps, and he went, I think he went like eight for nine, and his pull, and like he just he looked phenomenal, like he was a machine the whole time. And just in that was it was just amazing and and uh, and he was like yeah I'm, you know I'm, I'm really socially awkward and I don't I'm kind of shy so you're gonna be you're gonna have a hard time interviewing me I was like I don't care you're awesome <laughs> I went to him and his wife last year after he won the tribute for the first year I tried to get him to pay for my dinner but he wasn't very wild wasn't letting I still like him for yeah yeah. It's you know he he probably was just threatened by your hair obviously yeah yeah it's kind of threatened by the hair I'm pretty sure yeah I mean so uh, yeah so I I'm looking forward to to getting his recap and about his prep and picking his brain so shout out to Co- to Cody um, uh, yeah and uh, and like you said he's quiet and I think people who are quiet but put in work if they're not gonna like you know put themselves out there then uh, I want to do it for them because they they fucking deserve it. So too, and just the fact of what he said, he was like, "Yeah, I'd really like to do it, but I'm, I'm like, I'm really socially awkward and I'm shy, so I don't, I, you know, I don't really know how to go about it." And I thought that was really, like, nice of him. It was really humble, and I was like, I was like, "You just made me like you more." Like, I'm like, <laughs> like we're, I'm gonna enjoy this. I'm sorry if you're gonna be uncomfortable, but I, I you know, he seems like a stand-up guy, um, uh, and you can just tell he works hard. Like, that's just that's just like work ethic, and that's the kind of people I think should be highlighted so i'm looking forward to that a lot um yeah so um so and next question and uh and i've been saving this one for you specifically because no a no one else will answer it or i know that they won't and they don't have it but and so i'll do the whole preface of like we're not doctors but if some if someone is finally going to want to take want to get on gear can you just as an experienced gear user what should they avoid and what should they like what you know people like quality look out for like if they're finally going to do it if they're no one's gonna you know it's either time and like they have put in the time and they, it's time to make that switch or if you can't convince them otherwise like you know what what do what do you say to help them if they're going to do it uh, they're going to do it i'll ask i'll ask a series of questions that usually gets me usually it usually ends there, people talking to me, but let's say they get past 
they have a job? Are they married? Do they have a girlfriend? Do they have any insurance? Do, um, do they make pretty decent money? Uh, what's your health like? Are you, how long have you been training? Uh, there's so many questions, and, and they don't understand the questions, but I, I definitely think it scares them. Obviously, you know, you want to have a job, you want to be able to afford it, but you also don't want to, like, cut in. So, like, especially if you, okay, we get to the question if you have a girlfriend, a family, your wife, whatever, you're cutting into your expenses, uh, most likely. Um, but then, you know, you come down to that, shit's going to alter your personality to some extent uh, from what you are, whether it's, and whether it's big or little, good or bad. Uh, depending on what you take. I feel like almost every steroid change alters your personality just a little bit, whether it makes you, like, you know, a little more confident or whatever, or uh, some people turn them into assholes, uh, bigger assholes, whatever. I mean, uh, so you definitely want to answer a lot of questions to yourself before you start doing anything. If you can answer all these questions to yourself, and you have everything going for you, uh, and you're going to do it. I, so, I mean, so you said they're going to do it either way. So we get down to it. I would recommend, obviously, get some blood work. Uh, that comes down. Do you have insurance or money? Um, you want to check everything, in my opinion. Uh, even if it's just once a year, uh, I'd recommend twice, possibly, if you can. I know most people don't do it. Honestly, I recommend it all day. And, you know, I've been pretty shitty this year. It's been about nine months since I've had my last blood work done just because of time and everything like that and life. But uh, I also don't use as much right now either. But So what, you definitely want blood work in my opinion. You want to keep track of things from the first time you start after different times of the year, different drugs that you use. Um, first thing I'd recommend, get over, to, get over the novelty factor trend. A lot of top competitors don't use it. If they do, they've not had a bad experience with it. It's, it's fucking awesome. Uh, trends very fucking awesome. But at the same time, uh, if you're in a relationship or married or a new relationship, uh, it's, you know, there's a good chance that it may alter your personality and the way you, uh, you react to things. And there's not, it's not very easily controlled. Um, and it causes a lot of problems in people's um, in their relationships. Um, so I definitely don't recommend that. And it, there's a lot of uh, side effects otherwise. I mean, it's bad for you, but it's, I, I think it's more so in the relationship thing. I, it's what I'd recommend if you're a single dude. Or, uh, and I've seen it happen with any type of personality. I've seen humble and very nice people turn into raging fucking idiots. And um, it can make you extremely horny which is pretty nice, but at the same time, you're, um, I've seen a lot of men like start like cheating on their wives and stuff just because they're so fucking horny all the time. Uh, and I, I ain't an excuse at all, but I've seen it, and it's happened a lot while they're on trend uh, and things like that. Uh, but hormones are raging, man. So, yeah. Uh, I definitely don't recommend that. And, and I, and, okay, I thought, and I, will, I don't know, I kind of come to the point, you know, I wanted to try everything, and I did, and, you know, I had those side effects, and, um, and I'm not just to know what it was like, I guess I, I, everybody's going to get curious, so definitely be careful if you're going to do that, that particular drug, I see a lot of people get injured on it, especially linear athletes, but um, a lot of the top guys aren't using it anymore, and there's reasons for that, um, why, just take our work. 
Yeah. Yeah. I think people forget like that like you know gear it's hard it's technically hormone therapy like yeah it's like you said it's you know it's like birth control for women is a type of hormone therapy like it's it, it does it all it will alter you and, and like you said good or bad it's going to highlight that um or bring out that stuff and and uh you know it depends on how you know susceptible you are to that and i think like you said asking those really tough questions and kind of uh, kind of scaring them, I think, is good because then that's going to have someone yeah. reflect on themselves, their situation, and you know, and, and be like, okay, is it worth it? You know, what are my goals? And um, and yeah, and like you said, most of the top guys, um, you know, anyone I've you know I've you know had the you know spoken to about it, yeah, they don't run anymore, and they all say the same thing. They're like, you want to find, you know, maybe a stack that you know you get the the minimum like minimum dose for maximum return. Is like that is like the or is like uh, ideal. So it's like find a stack that you like that feels good on your body, and then you train hard, like, and you know, and you know, yeah. find what works for you. And like, it's not about more all the time. It's about finding the best quality like response for your body and you. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people think there's a secret drug they think it did or something else. Uh, hear about Halo a lot, uh, Super Draw. I mean, you know, a lot of these things are great. But like you said, it's about finding your stack that you can handle the least amount of side effects that you can take. Ultimately, you want to find something that you can keep progressing with, right? So sometimes that may end up being what you need to take the most of to keep making results over a long course of time. Um, initially, I never really raised my stack. I started off kind of high, and I kept it that way for the entire duration of my elite-leveled career. Um was that possibly initially the right way to go about it? Possibly not for uh, whenever I would start being prep. But I was, uh, I took a substantial amount in, compa- in comparison to what some beginners do. But I always kept it that way when being prep would come around over like a course of five years. Um, only thing that changed during that time is I switched train out with DECA. I feel like DECA is a um, superior drug. Uh, the side effects as far as uh, are a little bit worse for me on DECA, but there's ways to combat that as far as like, because uh, you know, you get the side of, like, you hear about DECA dig and things like that. And, um, it could definitely happen, which no one wants. Uh, but there's definitely ways around that. And um, I quit using it a couple times for that reason as well, because, you know, libido gets, goes to shit. Um, so that's another drug. I mean, they're, they're very severe, but it's superior as far as, like, strength and size games, in my opinion. But um, you got to be careful with every fucking thing you take. Um, you know, I took the sacrifices to do that. I spent more money to combat those side effects over time. 
know, it's something I, you know, I did. And uh, I made sure to overcome it. I didn't want uh, to affect me and my outside life. Even, you know, but at the same time, I was pretty selfish. I wanted to be the best power that you're in the world or the best that I could be. So I just did what I had to do. And I would try to alter around that, make a bit an outside life as well. Yeah, that makes sense. And, and you know, in, I, I will say, I do think you've become one of the most recognizable people in the sport. Um, and, uh, you know, and I, I, I honestly think you'll come back on the platform, and I do think you'll su- you know, supersede yourself from, from where you were. But uh, just so you know, I think you, you're a positive impact on the sport. You're a good ambassador for the sport. Um, and I think that, you know, your charisma and just kind of – you know, how people know you and obviously, you know, you working with one of the biggest companies, all of that, you know, that has come from you being in the sport, I do think makes it, it better. And I think the landscape is, you know, which is, I thought it's, it's why, you know, me and Angela wanted to talk to you um, is because I think you are, uh, you know, one of the best, like I said, ambassadors for that. So um, I appreciate it. You know, that's been one of the reasons that's, you know, got me into the sport. It's kept me in the sport. Is following you and others, um, but yeah, I, I do I do think I think because you you know you come from you know doing it before it was popular and you're still here and you know help pushing it forward. So I you know I think uh, I, I don't know you I think you you like I said I think you'll continue to be better and supersede yourself eventually. But I do think your impact on the sport is going to be made, what you know, nonetheless. So even take that for what it's worth. But you know, I'll let you know you about making me cry. You definitely made my D car. Ah, that's what I was shooting for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you made me really excited. That's probably like one of the cooler things anyone's ever said to me. So I really appreciate that, honestly. Uh, it's been extremely shitty being out of the game. So hearing shit like that, man, it makes a lot. Um, I didn't get into it to be in the business side of things. So uh, it keeps me around. It keeps me going. So I'm definitely appreciative of what I've got to do in the time that I have been injured. Uh, you know, obviously I'm out there. I put things out there. I play things that are out there a lot. Um, I haven't really talked too much shit here, but, I, you know, I do. I like to talk for people that think they're all high and mighty. Uh, and trying to put them in one place. And then, you know, a lot of times I'll be uh, associated with them or consider possibly friends with some people. But, then, you know, some people need to be told. I mean, I don't expect anyone to treat me any different either. If I, I, I hear enough shit about myself and it's for people that I like as well. And I don't, uh, I don't hate them for it. I'm sure I deserve it. I say enough shit and do enough shit to put myself out there for it. Sometimes you just have to take up the ass and go with them and possibly, uh, yeah, and I, I think that's what comes through, man. I think that you know, uh, I, I don't, I don't, I don't consider you on the business side. I consider you on the cultural side. Um, and that being said, of you know, like I said, building the sport, and I think that I think the sport is better because of you, and it will be better because of you know what you've been doing. And it's just again, it's my outside perspective. It's one person's perspective, but I really do feel that way. I'm not just stroking your dick, but. You know, I mean, I mean, uh, Katie will, I'm sure she'll take care of it. Um, <laughs> it's, oh man, 
I mean, you, you have all you'll have all this really good juju from this talk to just take out on her. So you're welcome to her yeah, too. Just, well, I'm gonna go ahead and say this: if anyone's like, you know, since I'm a hopeless romantic, I just wanna say if anyone's like looking to like get married and things like that, and I always told my mom this too. So the first girl that eats your ass, you definitely wanna marry her. That's like, but take it for what it's worth. Everybody. Hey, you know what? There's there there's wisdom in that, and uh, if, yeah. if 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 people if people don't want to listen, then that's their fucking fault, Brandon. It's their fault. It's like you know, like ha, you're welcome. Have a have a, have a, have a girl who'll watch Indiana Jones with you and eat ass. Like it's it's not hard. <laughs> yeah, you ever watch Indiana Jones? She's watched Indiana Jones. This is great. <laughs> well, I'm gonna well for your next February, I'm sending you an Indiana Jones hat, and then I'm be like, well, you can wear this next time you fucking. Fuck, dude. Hell, how about early birthday gift? All right, well, maybe maybe we'll go maybe we'll go for Christmas. Maybe we'll go yeah, for Christmas. Okay, because, because I, because I think once, I think once people start, <laughs> start, start listening, it might be the most listened to episode since Stacy. <laughs> I, so. I hope so too. I really, I really do. Um, uh, well, all right, man. Well, it's been an hour and a half. I'll let you guys get back to it. Um, but honestly, like I said, uh, thank you for what you do for the sport. Thank you for you know, you know, for inspiring me. And honestly. Getting me to this point has been, you've definitely been one of the people to do that because I follow and I've learned and want to keep up thanks to you and has gotten me to this and the sport has given me that. So I'm thankful. And, uh, you know, I look forward to seeing what you do. And I, I know you'll come back on the platform and be better than ever. So just know we're rooting for you. And, uh, yeah, you demand. Thanks, brother. I appreciate that. I'm going to work my ass off just for comments just like that. So definitely going to try to make a comeback. Come uh Work my way back up. Yeah, man, and I think that's hey, that's I think that's been the motif of the episode, and um, I'm probably, I'm gonna title the episode of that is support those who support you, and fuck you exactly. if you don't, because yeah. you're you're yeah, a trash friend. So um, again, I 100% appreciate you. You're welcome back on here anytime, and if there's ever any way that I can you know help you pioneer, if you guys just need extra hands at a booth to be worked, I will come work that shit for free, just because I'm yeah, there. Yeah. So you you uh, I'm one call away, brother, and I'm always happy, uh, you know, always happy to hear from you. Appreciate it, man. Yes, sir. Well, you drive safe, get home, and uh, yeah, this will be out next week. So hopefully you can you can you know listen to it you know while while you're fucking and hear yourself because yeah. what's what's better yeah, than that? Yeah, background noises. You're with you talking. I'll just like from now on, I'm just gonna put on the podcast. Dude, that's 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 what's really what I want. I want people to be like, yeah, we put you on while we're while we're fucking. It's really great background music, and uh, and I, I'm I mean, what more can I ask for in life than to do be that for somebody? I'll um, so I'll text you later tonight and let you know how deep my orgasm was while listening to you talk. That's uh, I hope I hope it's like a Spinal Tap eleven out of ten. That's that's what I'm hoping for. <laughs> Uh, I'm hoping it's usually for. a nine, so we'll see. Oh well, tonight's gonna be eleven. You watch, you watch. Fuck yeah, fuck yeah. All right, brother. Thank you so much wait. again. I appreciate you, and uh, I can't wait to catch up with you soon. Absolutely, brother. Thank you. All right, man. All right, bye, Katie. Yeah. See ya. <laughs> Good night, guys. Bye, bye. <laughs> All right, folks. Well, that was. If anything, one of the most fun times I've had talking to Mr. Brandon Franklin, Frank Daddy, 29, but should be 69. 
so thank you so much, man. I appreciate you. Uh, shout outs to Pioneer Fit. Um, you guys are great. I have your belt. You're an amazing company. Mr. Matt, who, who runs it, uh, you guys are the best. So shout outs to Viking Performance Chalk. Calvary Illustrations, The Johnny Horror Show. Again, check out rpemo.bigcartel.com to go and support our friends, Mr. TJ, and all his fun little shirt project he's got, he has going on. And like we've been saying this whole show, support those who support you. Like, support your friends. Like, they're the one, they deserve your 20 to $25, honestly. Um, and, and this sport, any sport that you do, any anything you do, any business that you are part of and you really love, you got to give back to. So I hope that's what you've taken and uh, listening to, you know, Brandon's story, uh, you know, all that him being involved in this sport and this world and lifting has obviously opened doors up for him and um, expanded through his life. And that's kind of the motif. That's what I wanted to share with this show with others who don't have it is that you can get a lot of value you know, in your life from this world, whether of, of fitness really, but, you know, finding a world, a tribe, whether it's powerlifting, weightlifting, CrossFit, like wherever you fit in or, or that you are passionate about and you fall in love with, fucking follow that and surround yourself with good people who do that and your life will be better. So moving on now, I got a little sappy. Thank you again for tuning in. I'm your host, Nicholas Anderson, and this is Nerds Who Live podcast. Nerds Who Live podcast.